Hello, my name is Beth Domkowski, and I'm coming to you from the Office of Admissions at Rowan University in Glassboro, New Jersey. All right, welcome to Rowan Confidential. I am here with Dr. Jeff Hand, Senior Vice President of Student Affairs. Dr. Hand, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Wonderful. So for those of you listening, Dr. Jeff Hand is uh, now the Senior Vice President of Student Affairs and came to Rowan in 2011 after being Assistant Vice President for Continuing Education at Penn State and prior to that was Provost at Post University. When not inspiring students and staff, you can find Jeff in his basement playing guitar, either flamenco or Piedmont Blues. What's Piedmont Blues? Piedmont Blues, uh, it's a combination of Old folk country western music mixed with the blues, and it's prevalent in the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains of um, Tennessee, North Carolina. Very interesting. Okay, wonderful. You have a big title. What's your role here at Rowan? What does this mean? Oh, gosh, the title. Um, It's kind of grown over the years, and what has happened... um, Initially, when I came to university, we started with just uh, enrollment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what happened is that was very successful. Enrollment started shooting up at the university. Uh, and then it became very clear that you can't just recruit students independently. Because what you say uh, when you're talking to students or parents, you want to make sure it gets delivered on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the next thing was we were we were worried about... Um, student success, which is academically, are they doing well or not? And that became part of the group. Uh, Then we're worried about student services. Are they getting all the services? Is housing working the way it should be and things? And so we just kept going Mm -hmm. and it grew. And it grew. So now it's all of student affairs. So what are all of the areas that fall under your purview? Gosh, there's last count, it's about 24 different departments. Oh my goodness. So I don't think you want me to list them all, but it's everything that has to do with the student life cycle, which is, uh, well, initial contact with the student, which could be a ninth grade okay, all the way through to graduation. So anything that happens in between that, that's what our student affairs That's group, what you do. Right. Excellent. And how would you, um, how would you describe your role here? My role is making sure that all the systems and what we do all map or match together in such a way that whatever uh, we're talking to students and their families about is what we are delivering uh, when they come here. It's also our branding, too, uh, in the sense that, um, you know, everyone thinks marketing is about putting out an advertisement or whatever. The first step to, to any of that, any good marketing, is you need to do what you say you're going to do. Okay. And so that's what I make sure that we deliver on what we say we're going to do. Okay. Interesting. And how did you get here? Is this where you intended to be? I mean, what, what was your path when you started out? You mean my path in life? Your or? path in life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, it didn't. If you just said I was going to be doing this when I was in college, I wouldn't have agreed with it at all. <laughs> uh, my undergraduate's electrical engineering, and uh, my vision was uh, building robots um, at that time. But what happened is, as I went through and I, after I became a professor, it became very, very clear that I love teaching, I love working with students, mm-hmm. um, but the opportunities to help students were just the ones I had in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then the opportunity came up, it's like, yeah, you can help hundreds of students if I went into administration. And so now, 
we're helping thousands, tens of thousands of students uh, by what we do, by putting scholarships together, making sure that the housing we put together is just right, making sure that we can um, get students through either academically or socially or work through the transitions they have in their lives into adulthood. Um, and so although I don't have a direct contact with students the way I used to or like to, I have an effect on just about everyone, every student's live in mm -hmm. here, um, but I'm quietly in the background. So You're the man behind the curtain. On the mind, yeah, pretty much. The wizard, we'll call you the wizard. I don't wizard, know if that's yeah. a wizard, but yeah, <laughs> the crazy guy behind the, the curtain. The crazy guy behind the curtain. And you said that your background, you, you started out as an engineer, mm -hmm. an electrical engineer. Yes, if you can believe that. Oh my goodness. And you went on for a master's degree? Well, it took me 10 years to get the undergraduate um, one of the reasons I'm so empathetic and how systems work, mm -hmm. uh, I, I was not destined to go to college by any stretch. Really? Yeah. And again, it took me 10 years and I made every single crazy mistake that a student can make. And I'll give you one example. I, I know we don't have much time, but um, I went to one school and I applied and they said, oh, you're pretty good. We'll, we'll, we'll bring you in here. And I said, okay, what do I need to do next? Mm -hmm. They said, well, uh, uh, you don't have to worry about money. And um, so I just took that as face value. Okay. Not realizing that when I didn't have to worry about money, it was I had to go fill out the FAFSAs. I had to get my financial aid sorted out. I had mm -hmm. to do, there was a lot of things I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Well, today I know that. But at that time, I did not. Why I showed up. Yeah. I showed up on the first day and said, here I am. <laughs> Did they, did they let you take class? No. <laughs> okay. No. It's, and I was shocked. It's like, but you told me that I was Don't worry okay. about the money. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I have a whole sequence of issues getting my education like that. So I'm very empathetic to what students go through and families go through to get through school because I didn't have money either. And I'm very empathetic to um, school's a, an expensive endeavor for most people. So. Oh, it certainly is. Um, but that didn't stop you. You did your undergraduate degree. Yeah, I was too stupid to give up is what, the, <laughs> what that was. So what happened after that? Master's? I uh, got the master's. Um, what it was, I ended up in computers. If you know the Commodore 64. Uh, Absolutely. Yep, well, that mm -hmm. was one of the products I worked on. Okay. Uh, it became very clear that it's not the technology, it's not the engineering, it's mm -hmm. people. Okay. People are always the issue. Of course. Um, so that's why I went into clinical psychology and got my degrees there. Uh, it's like, okay, well, maybe I can figure out something about how to get people working together to get a complex project built. Interesting. Right. Okay. And then after that, you didn't stop. You kept going. Yes. I kept going. You kept going. So you did a, a doctorate. You've got a PhD as well. Got a PhD in... Uh, kind of an engineering subject, which is computers and information systems. Okay. Now, so that's a diverse background. You did a, a bunch of different things, but you managed to bring it all together in your career. I find something that a theme for this podcast has been um, people starting out with one idea, seeing where the road takes them and ending up being very happy doing something completely different. Mm -hmm. And this idea of combining different fields, yes. like I'm interested in this and I'm interested in this. And you were telling me earlier a story of somebody that you worked with who combined two very different fields as well. Um, it was archaeology and uh, information systems. IT. Yeah. Yes. So Yeah, to be very specific, I mean, uh, they came to me and they had studied anthropology and they wanted to continue on into archaeology. 
Um, but it was very difficult for them in the sense that it was going to be an expensive endeavor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the sort of thing that you needed a lot of resources economically to proceed in a field like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was uh, teaching IT, and they were talking back and forth what other options they had because they wanted a job and they didn't particularly like IT, mm-hmm. but their real love was anthropology and archaeology. Um, and so we went back and forth a little bit and came up with this this idea that actually worked out for him, which is uh, taking ancient ruins in in um, Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things was, is I think it was King Akhenaten or Pharaoh Akhenaten. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after he wasn't the king anymore, they took apart all of his temples. Okay. But they used them as building blocks in other temples ah, yes, and other okay. buildings, or they scattered them all over the ground. Okay. Uh, so what he was doing was he's working with an archaeological group and building a database that was looking at those um, pieces of rocks. And what he was doing is reassembling them in the computer. And so then, and, and since then, he's done other projects. But that was the one where all of a sudden we realized you can put your two loves together. Mm-hmm. Well, his one love and kind of he had a, a good disposition for doing IT and made him work for sure, him. Sure, sure. So. Wonderful. So how does your diverse background influence what you do now? <laughs> uh, it's always putting different ideas together. Um, in fact, I'm going on with a conversation right now with a student who... Um, they, they're trying to decide what they want to do. But okay. They've been going to school for literature, English okay. literature. And they were going to graduate school, and she's making decisions like, uh, well, I'm going to be miserable uh, if I don't get the PhD, so I'm going to go for the PhD. But my backup strategy is, well, if I'm not doing that and I'm not getting paid much, I'll go into law. And I'm like, now you have other options and other ways to do this and things. Uh, and in fact, the specialization of my PhD was... Uh, Believe it or not, statistical linguistics. Really? Yes. Okay. So we're going back and forth. It's like there's other ways to apply language and literature and writing into other fields that do pay enough to make money. You don't have to limit yourself to just what you see in front of you. So for the people listening at home who might not know exactly what that is, can you tell us? (laughs) Statistical linguistics. Yes. Uh, It's the way Google does the search engine. Okay. Um, it's always like magic. How does it know what I'm thinking? Uh-huh. Uh, and so what it is, is getting computers to understand the written word and giving you which one. So what I did specifically was, um, if you're a scientist or you've written lots of papers, uh, you always have to write a review of the literature. What did other scientists do? Sure. So I, I wrote a large program that would, um, basically construct a review of the literature in a fraction of a second. And if any, you've ever been in a PhD or a master's program, you know that usually takes you about a year to read enough to get that information to together. Right? Interesting. Wow. So I have one last question for you before, sure. before I, I let you go. Why Rowan? Uh, lots of reasons for Rowan. Um, as a parent, as someone looking for good education here, Rowan has advantages. Uh, I've been in other schools Mm-hmm. Uh, and in fact, some of them are world ranked. Uh, they rank very highly in engineering, for example. What's so unique here is a lot of hands-on experience. Mm-hmm. So when you go to engineering here, it's not that they're trying to eliminate you. When I went to engineering school, it was the old story. It's like, look to the left of you, look to the right of you. Everybody's going to be gone. Yep. And you'll be lucky if you're here and we don't particularly care if you're here or not. It was the same way in art school. Yeah. yeah. 
Rowan's not that way. You never will hear that sort of speech. In fact, our whole motto is if you're here, we want to make sure that you finish. We want to make sure that you get the best possible education you can. And the way we teach it here is hands-on. Even the medical schools, uh, they have the medical students out early on mm-hmm. uh, doing things very so they can um, – start to crystallize what they're learning in the books very, very quickly in practice. And so that is one of the great reasons about Rowan. The other thing is, is if you, this is a, a safe place, this is a good place to, for students to go through their changes to adulthood. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's, it's a more positive atmosphere than most other schools I've been at. So why, are, why do you stay? What attracts you to your position here and, and working here and um, how have you, how has your impact on the school been shown? I know that you had mentioned some rankings and. Well, you know, rankings are kind of dry and boring um, and there's certainly schools that rank higher than us, but what's happening is we're jumping up uh, quite a bit in the rankings. I mean, if you were here eight years ago, we didn't even rank nationally. Mm-hmm. Uh, even regionally, we we didn't rank too high in things. Now, when you look at us, we're the fourth fastest growing university in the country. Our diversity, we're sixth fastest growing in the country. Um, I think last year we were 191 in national rankings. Mm-hmm. We're 166 in national rankings. Too. And that doesn't typically happen. Uh, unless the school is making major improvements and major investments in the students. Mm-hmm. And that's what's reflected. And it's it ha- to move that far in the rankings means that you're, you're moving, you're doing a lot of things the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, there, the other rankings too, we're ranked very highly for veterans. We're ranked very highly as one of the safest schools in the country. We're ranked very highly as one of the most affordable schools in the country. So all those things we've been working on for the years, and um, it just kind of crystallizes what we've been doing, and it comes into the rankings. Oh, yes, we are doing good. Mm-hmm. Um, because my, you know, working, <laughs> I'm usually looking for where's the problem and what do we need to fix today? <laughs> um but it's good to take stock at, at, at different times to see how well you've done or and and celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Then the next day, go back to what, what problem do I need to solve next? Absolutely. But, and it's so nice when it's recognized by national rankings. Right. Yes. Exactly. Dr. Han, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your conversation. And this is Rowan Confidential. Thank you.